Listen to Pastor Franz for the unadulterated Word of God. Rightly dividing the Word of Truth, unraveling mysteries, and preaching Jesus Christ as God Almighty. Today's message. Amen. Today I'm moved to speak on the promised rest. Rest is a promise. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So rest is a promise from God. He wants you and I to enjoy rest. The promised rest. I will start by saying that there are four crucial things that can bring rest to God's people. Four crucial things. And that is what we are going to look at today. The first one is meekness. And I will expand on it as we continue. The second one is understanding God's mysteries. Can bring you rest. And the third one is faith in the only true God. It can bring you rest. And the fourth one is entering into a covenant to serve the discovered true God. Why did I say discovered true, true God? Because the Bible says there are many gods, right? Exodus chapter 15 verse, verse 11. Among the gods means there are many gods. Among the gods. Somebody say among the gods. That means there are gods and then there is one who is like thee. So there are many gods. And so you need to discover the one that the scripture is calling thee. We take it one after the other. The first one is meekness. It will make you enjoy, you and I enjoy rest. Meekness. And that is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 and 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. I am meek and lowly. And if you have to enjoy rest, then you need to step into that lifestyle. Meek and lowly lifestyle. I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. So meekness and lowliness is a heart matter. It's a heart matter. When a person is meek, the root of his meekness is in his heart. Where that meekness is springing from is not an act. It's a nature. Something is in the person's heart that produces meekness in his life. Praise the Lord. Come and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. In Luke chapter 14, from verse 7 to 11, look at Jesus' explanation of meekness. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidding, when he marked how they chose out of the chief room, saying unto them, When thou art bidding of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidding of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidding, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. 
then shall thou have worship. Shall thou have what? Worship in the presence of them that sat at meat with thee. 11. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. This is how Jesus explained meekness. That don't be too quick to take the highest position. Let the highest position be given to you. You get the point? Don't go and take it. If you must get to the top, it must be given to you. That was what Jesus was saying. He that exalts himself shall be brought low, abased. Praise the Lord. He spoke again in Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14, about the same thing. Let others exalt you. Don't exalt yourself. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortionists, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, will not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. What is Jesus saying? That if you will go high, you don't take yourself there. People will take you there. If you will be made king, you don't make yourself king. People will make you king. If you are great, you are not the one to blow your horn. People will blow your horn for you. He said, that should be our lifestyle. Come and learn of me, for I am meek. So you don't need to stand and say, look, if you see me. No, no, no. Let others say it for you. Then it is genuine. Praise the Lord. God goes by his principles. That is where I'm going. God goes by what? His principles. If God says this is the principle for one being exalted, then you know that he will go by it. He is not a Pharisee. Praise the Lord. Look at the Pharisees. As Jesus has explained about them in Matthew chapter 23 from verse 1. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of what? Their fingers. 
He's saying, look, Pharisees give principles they don't follow. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. And Jesus says, you want to be exalted, go low. And let others lift you to the top. He said, Pharisees don't do that. They give principles they don't follow. Look at verse 12 of this scripture. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. You see the same thing. So Jesus is saying that there is a principle that makes a man be lifted. There is a principle that makes a man be enthroned. And that principle is you go low for men to discover you and take you to the top. It's a principle. And if it's a principle and God is not a Pharisee who will heap principles on people and will stay and not do it, then you should know that our God who gave this principle is also going to operate in the same capacity that he will go low for men to lift him up. That is why Jesus must be the God that is the only true God. You didn't understand that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So God will humble himself for us to exalt him. And Jesus Christ is God's meekness. When we say Jesus is God, it's not that we are trying to make it look like uh, we are forcing something on Jesus. He has passed all the exams and principles that make God God. He has passed it. Every other God we don't know. Every other God is standing somewhere far away that we don't see and is issuing commands for men to do. But Jesus walked on the surface of the earth. He was born like a man. Uh, if God is born, then God has humbled himself. You don't believe that? Now, the Bible says his name shall be called. I mean, he himself is not going to call himself. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Somebody will call him Wonderful. Somebody. You and I. Among the somebodies will call him the mighty God. He's not one of us. He's the mighty God. So we will exalt him as the mighty God. We will exalt the one that is born as the everlasting father. That is the principle. Praise the Lord. That is what? The principle. God comes low because he wants us to make him our king. He passed that exam. Show me another God who did that. Praise the Lord. So he shall be called the mighty God. And I'm calling him already. He shall be called the everlasting father. And I'm calling him already. Because he has passed the exam that will make him be called the mighty God. He has passed the principle. He has, he has demonstrated totally what should, be, what should be made to call him God Almighty. That is our God. So, Jesus is the meekness of God for him to be exalted. Is somebody here who I'm talking about? This is what we are crying all the time. And those who are humble will listen to us. Praise the Lord. Now, number two. The meek are the ones who will enjoy the number two. Understanding God's mysteries. 
Do you understand that? It takes meekness for God to show you his mysteries. In Psalm 25 verse 9, the Bible says, The meek will he guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his ways. So, the first step of meekness will lead you to the second crucial point of understanding the mysteries of God that will bring you another form of rest. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible says God does what? Resisted the proud. James chapter 4, verse 6. God resisted the proud and gave grace to the humble. So you want to know mysteries of God? You don't come proudly. Because he will resist you. The meek is the one he will teach. So when Jesus walked on the surface of the earth, Jesus, by his lifestyle, resisted the proud. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, in the days of Jesus, they were the proud. Because they believed they were righteous. You see the things that Jesus said about them. They said, look at this Pharisee. He was saying that I fast so, so, and so time. I give tithes so, so, and so. I do all this. He said, this one went justified. So Jesus, on the surface of the earth, was resisting the proud. And was embracing the meek. That is why he picked people like Peter Fisherman. And you know, to let, him, let, let the world know that until you go down, you don't go up. Is the principle. You want to build a skyscraper, you have to dig down. It must go deep. And when it goes deep, that means that it can go high. If it doesn't go deep, it will collapse. So it's the principle of life. You want to go high, must go down. You want to jump, you must squat. Am I saying something? It's a principle of life. You don't stand to jump. Hallelujah. You go down to jump. You dig the ground to build a skyscraper. You go low, men bring you up. And when you go low, God brings you closer. And begins to show you things that men don't know. Praise the Lord. The meek will he guide. Hallelujah. And then he will resist the proud. And so when Jesus walked on the surface of the earth in Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, his disciples came to him and said, why are you talking to these people in parables? That was the Pharisees he was talking to in parables. And the disciples said unto him, verse 10, why speak thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you the meek to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not giving. So you don't want to know about God, be proud. All those people who are so proud and, and in other religions, they, they don't know anything about God. You want to know about God, humble yourself. Don't go about being proud and reading English and using English to explain God. No, God cannot be explained with English. It will be explained with mysteries. It will be explained with what? Mysteries. He said that it was given to someone who was learned. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 11. 29 verse 11. It was given to someone who was learned. He said, read this. He said, I cannot read. Because it is sealed. So your education doesn't explain how God is. You can't know God by education. You have to humble yourself to know God. Praise the Lord. You have to what? Humble yourself to know God. Because it is when you come humbly. That he will show you the way. 
Why speak it down to them in parable? Because it is given to you, you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them, it is not given. So, knowing the mysteries that God has kept down for his people will give you the rest. Just like walking in meekness will give you the rest. In Isaiah chapter 28, from verse 9 to 12, it explained exactly what I'm saying. Whom shall he teach knowledge? You know, the meek. And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? You know, the meek. Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to these people. He will speak mysteries to them. He will speak things that cannot be heard. Stammering lips. Things that cannot be explained. Another tongue. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to these people. Verse 12. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they will not hear. The stammering lips, the another tongue, the mysteries, the things that cannot easily be understood. He said he has it for some people to make them enjoy rest. You get the point? Jesus said, come and learn of me and you shall find rest. The learning is learning of the things that cannot be easily understood. When the stammerer is speaking, can you hear, can you understand what he's saying? When someone is speaking in another language, can you understand what he's saying? He said, but the, the unclear words of the stammerer and the, 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 the language that you don't understand, which has a meaning, it is that which will give you the rest because God will begin to teach you those things that the stammering lips are speaking it will teach you those things that the, uh, another tongue is speaking. Then you will understand it and enjoy rest. Praise the Lord. Now listen carefully. Christianity is the best life anybody can have. But you see, we have, we have taken the surface of Christianity and we are throwing it about. There are depths. There are deep things in the Bible that when you stumble on them, you will enjoy rest. And that is what I have for this commission. Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you see, the stammering leaves, the mysteries, the things that people don't understand, they are our rest. That's why I said to you, it is given to know the kingdom, the mysteries. It is your rest. It is what makes me walk and do the right thing. It is what makes me to pray the right prayer. It's what makes me to take the right steps. Because I know what step I'm taking by the understanding of the stammering lips. By the understanding of the another tongue, I do the right things. I say the right things. I go the right places. I get involved in the right things. While others are taking the surface and don't understand anything at all, you have the mysteries of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So that is the second one. Number three, right? You can't understand the mysteries and not have faith in God. Did I say something? 
you can't understand the deep things of God which is not on the surface and you will not have faith in God. So that leads to the next one. When you understand God's mysteries, you will have faith automatically. You will relax in the storm. When they were traveling with Jesus, Jesus was in the boat sleeping. And then there was storm and the disciples were struggling with the water, with the wind. And they were, but Jesus was on a pillow sleeping. What is the difference? Jesus understood what they didn't understand. He knew that this storm can rage from today to tomorrow. The, the ship cannot capsize because the creator of the storm is, is, is in the boat. So he was sleeping. If you're a Christian, be a Christian. Because in the time of challenge, people will come with all manner of advices. And because that is the period of your vulnerability. You, you, you are vulnerable. But in those periods, what you need is the word of God. Stay with it. I have proved this truth all my life. When it becomes fearful, I hold on to the unbroken word. The scriptures cannot be broken. If the scripture can be broken, I can be broken. I hold on to the unbroken word until it passes by. So, the one who takes care of the storm is in the boat. But these ones don't understand that he's the owner. So, they were struggling with the storm. And they struggled and nothing happened until they, they said, okay, let's go and call the master. And then Peter came, he said, ah, he saw him sleeping on a pillow. He said, master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care that we are perishing? Are you that I don't care? Master. And then Jesus came. Verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind. And said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And they were, there was a great calm. Verse 40. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Your faith is weak. How are you so fearful? And the owner of the sea, the owner of the storm, is with you. And you are shaking. Look, when any time you become shaking before, before a challenge, don't you ever claim that Jesus is in you. Don't claim. Because if Jesus is in you, you will not be scared of the storm. If you really believe, the disciples were scared of the storm because they did not believe that the owner of the storm lies in the, in the boat. He was closer to them than the storm, but they didn't know. Praise the Lord. Look, if God be for us, who can be against us? That is a statement of faith. I remember in those days when I was having those challenges. You see, when God calls you, he allows you to go through certain challenges because you must grow with them. He must bake you with them. When God gave order that we have to vacate our premises and the enemies, you know, the enemies will rejoice because we are moving, we are pulling down our church. They have fought and fought now. 
It's like, oh, we have won. Court has given order. It was in that process that the, the wind blew a roof and it was going to kill somebody, but it didn't die. So I came down home, down. I was down. And I lied on my, my three sitters. I slept that day. I didn't sleep on the bed. Then I asked God, did you call me? I asked him. So I understood John the Baptist. <laughs> so when you talk about John the Baptist, think about yourself too. I understood him. Because you could meet with challenge that you ask questions like that. Did you call me? After I spoke, just within that period, a phone call rang. One of my servants here said, somebody called for Axim, from Axim. And he wanted to have divine keys so that he would be a supplier of divine keys in Axim. You know where Axim is? The farthest part of Ghana. And then the Spirit of God said, did I call you? The following day, another call came. Somebody in Winneba University want to start Divine Keys Fellowship. And they are asking if we could supply them Divine Keys. And the voice of the Lord came again. Did I call you? Before the close of the day, somebody called from Kaswa. He wanted to know where the church is. Because he has found Divine Keys and he thinks he wants to be a part of the church. And the Spirit of God asked me again, did I call you? I was answered. My prayer was answered by just the three calls. And one thing, one song came. It was a tree song. It's like I've heard it before, but I have not given ear to what words have been said in it. You know, and suro, and suro, I said, I didn't think of this song. I didn't plan to sing it. But why is this song singing in me all through? So I think I was with Pastor Moses. We were going to court at that time. Still, we were going to court. When order has been given, we were still going to court because we, I was accused in more than three courts. One has given order. Another one, we are still going. <laughs> Look, when God calls you, he allows you to see things so you can trust him. So the song was singing in me all through, and I asked Pastor Moses, please tell me the meanings of the song. Then he said, even if the storm rages and the mountain uproots from its root into the sea, don't be afraid because I'm always with you. I said, yeah, is that what it means? I relaxed. I had rest. Straight. Faith brought the rest. Because this is a song I wasn't planning to sing. And it's in me and I don't understand the meaning. What does it mean? God says, go and find the meaning of this song you don't understand. And understand what I am doing in your life. I had rest immediately. I said, let's go to court. God gave order that we should leave Vacate from Bubuashi. While that order had been given and we have uprooted our church, we moved to the West Hills Mall, Silver Bear Cinema, to hold our service. After some time, a higher court, 
a supreme court gave an order that that property is our own. That was a song that was singing. That when the storm rages, the mountains capsize into the sea. Don't be afraid. God sees the end from the beginning. What you are afraid of now, the end is joy. The end is what? Joy. So understand the ways of God. Have faith and you will have rest. Praise the Lord. Did I say something? Understand the, the ways of God. Have faith and you will have rest. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 8 to 11. Faith brings rest. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Come unto me, all ye that labor and have every living, I will give you rest. But it's a process. The rest is a It's not everybody that caught the rest. So he was waiting for you and I another day. That is why I told Thomas that because you've seen me, you have enjoyed my, me, you have believed. There are others that are coming that will not see me. They will have faith in me and they will do the same. Even better. They will be more blessed. It's what brings the rest. So when a man is, storm is raging and is laughing, he's a man of faith. And that is why he's laughing. He's enjoying rest. So faith brings all round rest. Meekness brings all round rest. You understand that? Meekness brings all round rest. Understanding the mysteries of God brings all round rest. Faith brings all round rest. Because meekness is what makes you understand the, 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 the mysteries of God. And then understanding the mysteries of God is what makes you have faith. You see the chain now. And one thing that faith has, one thing that faith has is that when you say you are a man of faith, there will be periods that your faith will be shaking. Faith is known in periods of challenge. Am I saying something? So you have faith, that is why you will meet challenge. To prove that you have faith, because faith that is not tried is not faith. Every quality thing must be tried, isn't it? You know those Range Rover, olden days Range Rover, these days they use it to tow. The olden days one, that's what they use for towing machines now. Towing vehicles now. In those days when it was new in the system, their advert they drive that, that Range Rover on rocky grounds in mud. You know, they drive it through rough, rough environment, difficult environment that other cars will not be able to pass. That is where they drive that vehicle through. And what are they saying? This is a quality vehicle. Wow, that was Pastor Franz, the Apostle of Diversity. For more of Pastor Franz's messages, you can also subscribe to Diversity Broadcasting Network on YouTube. Jesus is God Almighty.